0: And as you as you turn to 258, it will sing in a few moments. Reminds me of Colossians 3 and verse 16 when the Bible says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And indeed, this afternoon, Brother Carl has led us in our singing a period of worship together, this time that we can spend in worship unto our Lord, And we are here today because I think of the song that reminded me of the stanza, Live for Jesus, the second stanza. Live for Jesus, wandering sinner, under Satan serve no more. You see, we're able to send a message to the world that the wandering sinner, one with no direction, can hear the greatest message called the Gospel of Jesus Christ and will be able to respond in obedience to that message and live for Jesus Christ. We're here today because of that message. You know, you stop and think about when I was going to be coming today here to White Oak. And yesterday afternoon I saw Emily Jackson who grew up here and I was telling her who all I was going to be seeing throughout the day. And she didn't give me a look of love there for a few seconds. She wanted to be with me and wanted to be with us. But, you know, I get to thinking about White Oak, and I've got to tell you all this if I could get through it. Whenever I park out here and I get out of that truck, I look over to that house and I still say, that's J.C. and Ann's house. When I first moved here, J.C. Watkins extended such a kind friendship to me, and I treasured he and Ann. And I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful to tell people or to hear the story of Wesley Simons, who is now the director of the Tri-City School of Preaching, walked in this door to obey the gospel because he had been studying and discussing the Bible with his co-worker, who I believe his name was John Sisk. Sadly, John was an erring member of the church, but he knew the truth. John's daughter, Sharon, is a dear friend of ours, attends Side in Cleveland. And it's just amazing how great brotherhood, but sometimes small world, and how beautiful that really is. I see Gabe Dixon back there. We fondly remember Gabe from Bible Camp. I know you see the Dixons from time to time. They're members at Soddy, but sometimes work allows that, and they're allowed to be here. That speaks very highly of their faith. I'm delighted to see Sister Dixon back there. She heard this presentation this morning, and she wanted a second time, except she's going to get it in sermon form this time. You see we're able to live for Jesus, we're able to talk of these wonderful things because of the great commission. I'd like for you to look with me at Luke's great commission or the great commission in the account of Luke 24 beginning with verse 44. You see Matthew 28:18 through 20 is Matthew's account of the great commission. Mark 16:15 and following is Mark's account. In John twenty twenty one and following is, or rather, John uh, yes, John twenty twenty one and following is John's account of the Great Commission. Every gospel account mentions the Great Commission, the charge that is given. And in verse forty four, the Bible says, "As Jesus said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you." He's speaking here to his apostles, actually the eleven, because Judas has taken his life that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then open he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. Well, he's going to help them to understand the Scriptures, and he says the law of Moses, the Psalms, and the prophets. Folks, that pretty well covers the Old Testament if you think about it. And it all is referring and speaking to Christ. Verse 46, And He said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins shall be preached in His name, beginning among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. The message you and I obey, how we live for Jesus, is a message, the message that began in Jerusalem. Let's see how the story continues, if you will, when we go to the book of Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, very quickly we are reminded that the apostles were speaking to Jesus before they before He ascended into heaven, and He told them to return to Jerusalem. And that's what they did. And when they returned to Jerusalem, they added Matthias to take the place of Judas, and then we find the day of Pentecost came. The day of Pentecost, we find that there were those that assembled from just about every nation imaginable. Would you look at Acts the second chapter down to verse 9 to where the Bible gives us a list of these folks and from whence they came. Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia. Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Thousands would make the pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. When you take a look at a map, and I mean they were from all over if you will. Now, I want you to notice something unique about these individuals. Back up into verse 5 of Acts 2, and you find they are called devout men out of every nation under heaven. I love that word devout. That word devout is a word when you dig into its meaning, means it is very careful as to the realization of the presence and the claims of God. They have a reverent attitude, a pious attitude. In other words, when they came to Jerusalem, they didn't just come because their name was on the Jewish roll. They didn't come to have their spot, their pew. You know, a lot of places that I travel, I don't think this is true with White Oak, everybody's got their own pew where they want to sit. Everybody's got, quote-unquote, their pew. You know, I am convinced that when, Kathy, when your time comes, and the Lord calls you home, we're not going to have you here. We're going to stretch your casket right there in that spot, Kathy. That's your spot. But you see, these individuals didn't come because of their, they came with a purpose like we did today. I jokingly tell people that when I visit somewhere and I was cutting up with the peer years here, when I came down, I looked in the pew. I looked for four things, a footstool, a pillow, a quilt, or a throw. If I see one of the four, I move on. I've got a reputation to uphold. I know how it works. And so these individuals, though, they took their worship seriously. They came to Pentecost for a purpose. Devout men. They came in order to be involved into Pentecost, and they would take back home what they had learned. But little did they know, they were going home with something far better than when they left. They left home dedicated to Judaism. They were going home renewed and new in Christ Jesus. I mean, take a look. They heard the wonderful works of God, a sermon that was Spirit-filled, sign-affirmed, Scripture-led, Savior-preached, salvation-granted, and sinners-converted. In Acts 2, verse 41, they that heard it, they were baptized the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they were going to leave Jerusalem, and they were going to go home. And folks, let me tell you what we found out. Social media was going to take it back home. Now, you stop and think, social media in the New Testament? I want you to think about this. The word media is another word simply for news that needs to be spread. When I mean, we talk about the mass media, it's news that needs to be spread. Newscast, the media, news to be spread. May I ask you a question? What greater news could they spread when they went back home than what they heard preached on Pentecost about the Christ? They left home as Jews, and they were going to take the church back home. And they were going to grow the church where they were from. They took the media, the good news of salvation, the gospel. Romans 1 and verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, of the good news of salvation. And they were social about it. When you look through the New Testament, you find that they communicated. How about Acts two forty seven? Praising God and what? Having favor with all the people. They were social individuals. And they went and they took the message back home. If you will, folks, the New Testament, we see the first indication there was social media in the New Testament. And they were social. They loved what they did. Build from Acts 2.47 and watch this. In Acts 3 and verse 9, Peter and John are going into the temple. They go to that gate called Beautiful. There's that lame man there. Peter said, look on us. And he looked on them expecting some kind of gift or money that people have been handing him for years. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. For the first time he stood up and he walked. And not only did he walk, folks, but he was leaping, walking, praising God, and they saw the difference. What did Peter and John take him? When they said, look on us, they took him the media. They were social with him, took him the good news, told him about Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Man, he had no choice but to go in that synagogue. People were excited, or in the temple, people were excited. They they begin to ask what happened. And then the government comes in, and they bring Peter and John before the rulers. And what did Peter and John do in Acts chapter 4? They brought the media one more time. They just simply preached Jesus Christ. They brought the good news. I want to pause here and throw this at you. Did it ever occur to you that the Apostle Paul was able to carry forth his missionary journey at the expense of the government? Do you know the government paid his way to preach the gospel? I find it amazing when I get in the latter part of the book of Acts and Paul says, I appeal to Caesar. He had the right to do that as a Jewish uh, citizen, as a Roman citizen. You know what else that said? The government's going to pay my way to Rome because I want to go to Rome to preach the gospel. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. In Acts chapter 5, verses 28 and 29, once again, we ought to obey God rather than man. They brought the media. How about Acts 5 and verse 42? The early church, daily, in the temple and house to house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. They brought the media. They were excellent in public. They were excellent in one-on-one. They brought the media. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 4, Remember, The gospel would be preached among all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and there was the persecution upon Jerusalem, and we find when the church was scattered abroad, and they what? They went everywhere preaching the word. They, the social individuals, went everywhere preaching the what? The media, the news, the good words, the good news of salvation. That's when Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ unto them. There was Philip. Now, I love Philip. He's a great character in the Bible, great individual love what he did because in that chapter not only could he preach publicly but he could also teach privately you see folks they brought the media you want to see the end result go with me to colossians chapter 1 and look at verse 23 and see the end result When he said, "...if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, there is the end result." Every creature under heaven believed about this time to be about a 35-year give-or-take period. Every creature under heaven had heard the gospel." The brethren took it forward. Drop down to verses 26 and 27 and find that mystery, what was revealed, the gospel was revealed or made manifest or proven to His saints and God made known the riches of His glory to the saints to make it among the Gentiles. There's the evangelism. There's the social media. Folks, I know there's a lot of talk today about social media, but if you take a look in the New Testament, the early church carried forth their work in social media, and here's all they did. They used the tools before them, and they made a difference with the gospel of Christ. In an article titled, Five Reasons Your Social Media Needs to Be a Priority, Jason Bradley said, and you've probably already read the quote on the screen that there's no longer any question about whether your church should be on social media or not being on social media isn't enough you need to prioritize it using it well if you want to take advantage of all the opportunities social media provides you might need to elevate its importance i like to pause within this lesson on evangelism and talking about the wonderful works of god and exhort congregations to let us simply go back to what they did in the days of the new testament we go back with the plan of salvation we go back with the plan of the one church we go back with the opportunity or organization we go back with all of this of how the church is to be let's go back and see how they did it in evangelism and here's what they did they took the gospel of christ and they took advantage of every skill and ability they had and they carried forth the greatest news the greatest media in a social way let us do the same the opportunities are there I love to think about this when we talk about what the early church did in evangelism. In Acts 14, in verse 27, Paul and Barnabas came back from their missionary journey. And the Bible says they rehearsed all that God had done with them. In other words, they came, the church gathered together, and they wanted to tell what God had done with them may I share with you what God has done with the International Gospel Hour. An opportunity of a social media, if you will, to take the Gospel to all the world. I ask you a question. Are you listening? Those were the words that Brother V. E. Howard would bring forth in his broadcast. Brother Howard would be teaching a lesson on the International Gospel Hour and he would simply ask the question, you know, about halfway through the lesson, are you listening? That usually catches your attention. And that's why he did it for those that were lit. Are you listening? They wanted to stay with him. In 1934, the International Gospel Hour went on the air. Can I tell you what the number one tool of social media was in 1934? The radio. Think about it. It was either the radio or news down at the country store that came your way. It was radio. I mean, you know, think about it. When the Waltons first came on the air, and those of you that don't know what that is, you can Google it later. But the Waltons, when they would come on the air, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da, and they'd come on the air, what did John get out of the front of the truck? The radio. He took the radio. That was big. In 1934, the infancy of radio, Brother V. E. Howard goes on the air preaching the gospel. The International Gospel Hour, when we share something with you special that you have a part and a fellowship in, the International Gospel Hour is the second longest running religious program on the radio in this country and fourth among all genres of radio programs. It went on the air in 1934 and it's been on the air every week since and now multiple times. From Brother Howard, when his health and age became a factor, Brother Winford Claiborne became the speaker. Brother Claiborne is probably probably well known uh, more than any, I guess. Brother Claiborne, uh, his um, his life, his work. Fried Hardiman uh, had business in in Dun- in uh, Dayton. I'm sorry, Dalton, Georgia, Dunlap, Dayton, Dalton. Try that three times. But anyway, Brother Claiborne did such a wonderful job with the program and we saw the radio stations increase and things happen when brother claiborne's health became an issue brother jody apple took the program brother jody has been doing it and i'm going to be now taking his spot as mentioned earlier i started that on the first of january and uh, now now jody's health is good and uh he was just ready for a change and we saw some things that could, uh, he saw some things that could work better and all. And so I get, starting the week of February 2, to speak and to preach the gospel of Christ through the International Gospel Hour. Now, Renita and I will continue to live in this area in our home in Cleveland. I'm able to take care of things there. But over in Fayetteville, Tennessee, where the elders have the oversight, Brother Van Sprague will be working in the business Office, If you will, the business manager, he is hired as one of the associates as the associate minister there at West Fayetteville, but his work is going to be kind of 50 50. So he'll take care of of gifts that people send in to us. He'll take care of of uh, making sure that we're pay our radio time and he's just going to handle the business manager. The elders at West Fayetteville who oversee the work wanted to return back to the days of Brother Claiborne when he was there And brother W. Skipper. And they did the same thing. Brother Claiborne would go travel, speak, and do the program. And Brother Skipper, in turn, would handle the business side of things. The elders wanted to go back to that. It was a lot upon Jody. Very hard for him to manage a lot. The elders wanted to bring that back in house. You see the elders on the screen here from left to right. Van Massey, Steve Jefferson, and Gerald Todd. They are the elders of the West Fayetteville Church of Christ over in Fayetteville, Tennessee and they oversee this work and have since 1995. This is a congregation that is very passionate about this work. They had for the first time ever a goal of $10,000 on a fifth Sunday to give to the International Gospel Hour. This congregation has always laid aside the fifth Sunday contribution to go to this work of which they oversee. For the first time, it was proposed, let's do a goal of $10,000. Their average contribution anywhere from six to 7000 So you think that's a pretty good goal to go after. And on that given Sunday in December this past year, that 115-member congregation came out with $19,903. It was amazing, and they are passionately behind it. This afternoon, there's going to be a number of them it's going to gather together, and they're going to put stickers on the back of some material that I'm going to be taking to Fried Hardeman, to Faulkner, to Memphis School of Preaching. And I told them, I need your help. You ask them if they need your you need their help, they come quickly. And they are passionately behind that. I love for congregations to know that because this is an eldership that oversees it, that really wants this program to continue to grow. So with that, folks, when you think about it, it's because mainly through the radio, People still listen to AM, FM radio. It's still the preference of everyone. We want to carry forth the aim of carrying forth the Great Commission through this tool of radio and other tools, as you'll see, because we wish to accomplish what they did in the first century, that the gospel be preached to all the world. Usually about this time I get a question say, well, you know, where do we listen? Where can we hear the International Gospel Hour. Well, right here on local uh Chattanooga, as they call it, Chattanooga Christian Talk, 103.3 WLMR. It'd be on tonight at 8.30 every night, Monday through Friday at 7.15 p.m., a 15-minute program. You'll be able to pull that station in. It, it doesn't have a big radius, but it's able to be reached here. So you very well could tune in and go ahead somebody will take a look and say where you're on religious channels well i want to quote my friend and one boy you raised here wesley simons on this if you can get on a religious network you do it because the lesson you bring is distinctly different from anything else they'll hear and that will prompt people to think and it's the concept of how paul would go into the synagogues to preach to reach the audience now, if 103.3 is a challenge, can't reach that, then try mix 104.5 out of Dalton, Georgia. That signal seems to be pretty strong. Now, I will tell you, I would opt for the 104, or 103.3 because I want you to look at the times of the mix. 7 a.m. Monday through Friday, 5.45 a.m. And y'all look awful healthy and wealthy and wise, but I don't think a lot of you get up at 5.45 in the morning. And that's something that we will be evaluating very carefully because we want to be able to have where it can be heard by anyone. Now, let's just say that you consider yourself that, you know, maybe not radio. You would like to listen to it at your convenience. For right now, if you go to our web page, which is internationalgospelhour.com, where I have it circled, if you click on media and then click on radio stations, and follow the direction, you can hear our latest broadcast. That's where we put it on our webpage so radio stations can go get it, download it, and then put it on their paid time. Some stations opt to get it and put it on their free time, we've learned. And so anyone can go over there, listen to it, and go from there. Now, I don't want you to do this right now because we're in worship, and I don't want you on your cell phones going to Facebook because our focus is on the Lord. But folks, we also have a presence on Facebook, International Gospel Hour, Instagram, International Gospel Hour, and on Twitter, Our Underscore Gospel. So later on, let's remember the saying that we used to see over the doors of auditoriums when we would come to worship. Remember, we'd come in the door outside, it would say, enter to worship. And then as we would go out, there'd be a sign over the door that would say, leave to serve. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 reminds us, that we put forth our example. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Put forth that example. So when you leave here today, spend a few moments there. Go like our page on Facebook. Go follow us on Instagram. Go follow us on Twitter and we'll keep you informed of what all is going on with the International Gospel Hour. Somebody looks up and says, Brother Archie, I don't get into all that. Brother Archie, I'm so old I can't even turn a computer on. Can I let you all know something to give you some hope? Do you know the number one genre, the number one group of people that are getting more involved in social media? Those who are 65 and older. Do you know why? Grandbabies. They can keep up with their grandchildren. I look, folks. I've seen what was that story about the man one time that was was going to ride on a bus and it was open seating and he walked over and the lady's sitting there. He said, "Ma'am, do you have grandchildren?" And she said, "Yes." He said, "Thank you." He went over to another empty seat, person sitting there. said, "Excuse me, do you have grandchildren?" I said, "Yes." Sir. Thank you. Went over to the third seat and person looked up and he said, "Do you have grandchildren?" I said, "No." He said, "May I sit here?" I said, "Yes." They said, can I ask you a question? Why were you asking people if they had grandchildren? He said, because I have grandchildren and I want you to hear about them. See, everybody wants you to hear about their grandchildren. (laughs) So I promise you, there are people 65 and older, they're going to learn how to turn on a computer if they can keep up with their grandbabies on Facebook, Instagram, even Twitter. You see, these are tools. And somebody says, well, those things are dangerous. Well, folks... When I was a boy, and I'm not proud of it, but a whole lot of us would write notes in church, and we'd use pencil and pad and pass notes. I didn't see us rising up, burning every pad and every pencil in the world. No, we were taken outside, and we were corrected, if you get my drift. And we were taught, this is not what you do. We can use social media for its best. A lot of people enjoy podcasting. We're going to look at that. Podcasting is another term of radio medium. It's another medium to where you can go and set it up and download it and listen to it any time that you want with the power of your cell phone. We'd like to put an app for the Apple users and also access on Android. Folks, I'm going to tell you, you might be surprised, but, you know, everybody about got a cell phone. Randy English, who is a missionary to American Samoa, tells the story that there are people that are out in the bro- in the bro- in the bush with dirt floors and a makeshift roof. But guess what? Everybody has a cell phone because they can access the the uh, satellites and they can listen to radio. They can listen to everything. And so when we take a look, all we're trying to do, folks, is what they did in the first century: take advantage of everything that we have, and use it to God's glory. Along that line, we want to grow presence, for example, with the Pacific Broadcast Network. I just mentioned Brother Randy English. We're currently talking with them to where the Pacific Broadcast Network sends a message or they have a radio station there they're able to do a translating of radio station. Now, let me, I'm learning all this terminology. Translating in radio is there's a radio station here, and they're going to translate their signal over to the radio station here and the radio station here. In American Samoa, their radio station is set up to translate to three different spots on the island, which covers more ground. Then also, too, with this, we're able to, again, carry a message to all the world. We're also excited because we're looking at satellite radio. Not that I believe we would get ourselves our own satellite station due to expense, but to see because a lot of people enjoy Sirius XM radio. You turn on one station, get in your car, and you never lose it. Again, folks, these are all good tools to use. GBN, the Gospel Broadcasting Network, has a radio division. 14 radio stations that we would call low power stations they have 100 watts they get out not far from the building but there are 14 congregations that have their own radio station set up to evangelize their immediate area and gbn radio supplies it it's like back home in Cleveland, 104.1 is the radio station, but the network they use for news and all is Fox, okay? These stations are set up at every congregation, but the network that provides the information is the Gospel Broadcasting Network. and So we already have a commitment to go on those stations very soon. But the next part I'm very excited about And Kathy and I were talking about this because I know that the book, chapter, and verse program that I did for years through Eastside is on Comcast 210 up in this area. If you have Comcast, you can go to channel 210 and see that program twice a week. But the reason that I'm not going to be doing that program anymore is because for the first time in the history of the International Gospel Hour, there will be a televised International Gospel Hour through the Gospel Broadcasting Network. Maybe about a year away. But folks, we want to do that. And then we're going to be looking at a couple of areas. One of the two will be coming into Chattanooga for television. You may ask why. Here it is. Some time ago, I read a survey that Chattanooga was chosen as the most religious city in America. Now, I realize that there's every kind of denominational thought and everything in the world around here. But it is reflected because there is an interest in God. And people who are truly seeking the truth, God will make sure they'll find it. If they can find it through a television broadcast called the International Gospel Hour, to God be the glory. If they can learn about the truth and they'll look around and say they live just down the street on Linden Avenue or two blocks over, they know there's the White Oak Church of Christ that I can go. If it worked for Wesley Simons, it'll work for somebody else. You know, we're going to also think about a YouTube channel. YouTube is the second largest search engine on the Internet. Good, listen to me, men. If you want to know how to fix something, go to YouTube and watch a video. I'm serious. You can find out a lot of things. Do you notice that circle right there? more teens will watch youtube the only two things that kind of top it are netflix and cable tv or I'm sorry, yes cable tv well you know netflix with some of the things they've been bringing on lately that's starting to decline and a whole lot of people are cutting that cord and going with a digital antenna and even what they can watch on their internet and youtube is quite popular you can find a lot of stuff there We want to shift the YouTube channel. We want to create a YouTube channel to where we can put the International Gospel Hour TV version or some small little clips or things of study things that we can also do. It's an opportunity. It's out there. It's not very expensive. It's worthy to do. Tell you something else we want to do for congregations that support us and help us. We want to offer seminars. To where we will come and talk about such things as, well, the seminar on Observe is a study of how to follow up and keep new converts. That's from Matthew 28, 8, Matthew twenty-eight, twenty. Look out among you is a seminar that helps elders, deacons and preachers and the Lord's, the structure of the Lord's church to help elders be what they need to be. Deacons, what they need to be preachers, what they need to be and for the congregation to understand. May I give you a good example? Folks, we may not have meant to be this way. And we say we want to go back and do Bible things by Bible ways. But I'm going to tell you, I know a lot of places where the preacher is the pastor and the elders are the deacons. And that's not the way God intends for it to be. And so if the congregation can come together and understand. Here's what the elders are to do. Here's what the deacons are to do. Here's what the preacher is to do. Here's what we as members are to do. And the way we do that is just like they did in Acts 6. We look out among us and we find those who can get the job done. Stewardship and giving. Folks, I've learned some things about giving growing up in the Lord's church. Number one, brethren, do not mind giving if they understand what they're giving for. They grasp the command to give, but they like to understand. That also brings in being a cheerful giver. The second thing I've learned growing up in the Lord's Church is that people have a hard time giving when there are thousands of dollars in the bank and we're just letting it sit there. Somebody says, well, what if the air conditioner goes bad? Open the windows and tough it out for a week. Tell the brethren you need the money, raise it, replace the air conditioner. Problem solved. You can do that without thousands of dollars in the bank. But I'll tell you something else I've learned too. There's all kind of money in the churches of Christ. People just haven't learned how to turn loose of it yet. There is a world out there that needs Christ. And I am overwhelmed with the generosity of brethren, but I can tell you this seminar on stewardship and giving, one thing we learned, folks, we've never really been instructed how to give. I mean, what you give on Sunday morning is a command of the Lord. May I ask, where did you arrive at that figure? You see, these are things for us to stop, to think about, to help us grow in this grace. So we want to offer to congregations seminars that can help them as they help us in preaching the gospel my cohort at the international gospel hour van uh, Sprague, also has a proposal that he wants to bring forth and this will be down the road but van wants to create some study material for example let's say that on a wednesday night rick let's say you're going to teach a wednesday night class and you're thinking about a subject and and you kind of stumped you can't you know what do we need well rick could go to the international gospel hour website look at material And we would have available there absolutely free. You could download 13 lessons on a subject, and that will take care of a quarter. We want to be able to help congregations that in turn help us in so many ways. And with that being said, a lot of times people ask, well, how can I help? Well, here's three simple things, folks. Three simple things that we can do. I call it praying, profit, and personal. It's, It's simple. First of all, pray for our work. This morning we were at the Saudi congregation. I spoke there in the Bible class hour. We worshiped with them. Brother Jerry Corbin got up and he led a prayer for all the works they support as the new year begins. It was humbling to pray. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6, 9 asked for prayers that utterance would be given to him that he may open his mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. I'd like for you every day to put in your prayer list. Father, will you bless the International Gospel Hour? Will you give Jeff good health? Will you help this message get out to all the world, folks? If we have people that are praying fervently, God will do great things through prayer. We've seen that throughout the scripture. When I say profit, of course, not that we seek the gift, but we seek fruit that will abound to your account. The apostle Paul praised the Church of Philippi for helping him. We find in the example of the New Testament how the early church will see to needs, and so by all means, not that we seek the gift, but we seek the fruit that abounds. To your account. I want to thank you for adding the International Gospel Hour and more so with the work that we're doing, myself and Renita, uh, to encourage us and the gift that you share with us monthly. We treasure, we thank you for that. And we're grateful that you have decided to join us and work in this labor and this fellowship together. When I mention the three things, when I mention prayer and profit and people, sometimes I have folks that say, Jeff, I'd like to do something personally. Well, if you'd like to do something personally, that's wonderful. We can definitely put it to work. I left some postcards in the back with our address and I've got a card or two in my pocket that I can share with you. If you'd like to send something later, you want to go home, think about it, pray about it, but know this, the work here at, at uh, White Oak supports us and that we're grateful. But I do this 20 for 20. We're in the year 2020, so I do a 20 in 20 and it's simple as this. Before I leave today, before you leave today, come up, give me your name and address on a piece of paper and a $20 bill. I had somebody tell me last week that I need to put a square on this phone and start scanning credit cards because nobody carries cash. But uh, I'll worry about that a little later. But if you have a $20 bill, you can give it, you can share it, and we do it what we call 20 and 2020. We want to add you to our list for you to get the information about the International Gospel Hour. And then also, too, a good way that we share this very quickly with children, this is little Isabella, Gregor, uh, little Isabella Sprague. She's the one of Vans. My cohort that I work with, one of his three children, she came up with me with her little brother, and he had a folded dollar bill in his hand. It's the sweetest thing. Should have got a video of it. And she came up, and she said, Mr. Jeff, we want to give you this dollar. we got to get 19 more, but we'll give you this dollar first. Oh, man. Isabella, that's an awesome idea. So for my little children, we have what we call the dollar club. They come up and hand me a dollar. This is uh she giving her dollar to Brother Massey, one of our elders. And by the way, yes, he's related to Gary Massey. Gary is a native of Fayetteville, grew up in that congregation. You know, y'all know Gary Massey. You know, got to get Gary. And so Van is his cousin and does a great work there as one of the elders. So you see, we love to get children involved with this as well. And so when we rehearse all the good things God has done with us, when we think about all the things that are within and what we've got going on, I thank You that I could come today, White Oak, and just look at You and say thank You. We've always had a good fellowship together since I moved to this area, and I'm so thankful. There are many among us who have, I know you're praying for those that are sick, and there are many who have gone on before who are waiting for us other side of Jordan and how blessed we are. And it's very special to come among White Oak and I have even a greater relationship. And once again, folks, the reason we can talk about these good things today, the reason we can share this is because there is the gospel message that makes the difference to all the world. We're able to work together and to put forth the message of the gospel, but we're also able to pause and think about that good gospel message and the invitation of Jesus who said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. His invitation is open 24-7. It's open to the brother or sister in Christ who is struggling with sickness, struggling with matters spiritually, and just need prayers of their brothers and sisters in Christ. How many times have we done that together when we've assembled and someone respond? It's also open for the one who's thinking about the obedience to the gospel of Christ, who is yet to do that very thing, They do believe in Christ. Dear friend, are you willing today to repent of your sins and confess Jesus as the Son of God before this good crowd, to be buried with Him this day in the waters of baptism just like they were in the first century, to be added to the church with sins that are forgiven and a soul that's renewed in Christ? We are blessed to offer the invitation of Christ today, and if you have a need to respond to that invitation, we will wait with you and pray with you and serve as we can Will you come as together we stand and as we sing?